G'day, I'm Doug, for anyone that might not know, just putting it out there, unless everyone else has. <laughs> Tonight's Bible reading comes from John chapter 5, and it's verses 1 through 15. Uh, on the um, seat Bibles in front of you now, it's on uh, page 864, or of course you can use your device, or on the screen behind me. So the title is The Healing at the Pool. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day in which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Good evening, everyone. Oh, that was pretty poor. Good evening, everyone. That's good. My name's Andy, and this is Sienna. We're from Baptist World Aid, and it's a real privilege to be here with you this evening. Um, I feel right at home here. We were praying earlier for Jit and Jan in Thailand. Does anybody, has anyone met Jit and Jan? Okay, for those of you who have met Jit and Jan, they're a, um, a senior couple, shall we say. Um, obviously supported by here, right? Um, and uh, they work with Baptist Mission Australia in Thailand. And uh, I, I, got the I had the privilege of sharing a trip with them last year, a six-hour ride uh, from one part to another part of Thailand. And if you've met Jan, oh, my goodness, <laughs> six hours. <laughs> anyway, that's got nothing to do with while we're <laughs> <they're> watching. <laughs> Sorry, Jan. <laughs> Anyway, we digress. Um, can you tell people what we were hoping to do with the devices while yes. I get this on? Yeah, so uh, if you want to follow along with us, we're going to do a little, uh, we have visual aids, but perhaps you want to follow along with us this evening on your device. If you go to baptistworldaid.org.au, uh, we're starting on the homepage and um, you can follow along with us as we, as we chat through what's on there. I actually, uh, you have some personal history clearly with, with uh, Nawi and uh, Gina Chan. Uh, I also have some personal history with Nawi. Uh, my husband's grandparents, um, Jeff and Beverly Corkill, were very involved in this church for many years. And um, then Josh's parents, um, Craig and Carolyn, also met here. And then I believe Josh used to come here often for children's club, kids club in uh, primary school. So uh, yeah, Corkill family goes way back. So I've, I've married into the, 
the uh, Nawi Baptist Church legacy of the Corkill family. So we've never done this before. We're doing something quite different here because Sienna started in a new role with Baptist World Aid. And um, so we thought, oh, it's a really interesting title that she has and a bit of a new direction uh, for Baptist World Aid. So I thought, what better way to, to talk about it than to interview Sienna? And it gets me out of giving a sermon. That's pretty good for me. Um, but there's a bit of creativity that we had to put into the question. So uh, it's all good. Um, now... Sienna, you've been working at Baptist World Aid for five years. Yes. Uh, tell us about how you came to be working with them. Yeah, so um, when I was finishing high school and trying to pick out of kind of thin air what you want to do with the rest of your life, um, I decided to go to uni and do um, a degree in media and communications. And um, while I was there, I suddenly felt like I'd made the total wrong decision and um, everything that I was learning about marketing and the media industry and selling things that people don't need, um, I started to feel really discouraged and like, oh no, I'm just actually contributing to everything that's wrong with the world. Um, and so almost like I considered dropping out and, and maybe going down counselling or, you know, social work, something that clearly does some good in the world. Um, but I felt God telling me, no, like, good things can come out of this. There, are, there is good in the media and um, marketing that, that can happen. Um, it's not all just selling things that people don't need. Um, and so then I kind of made it a goal of mine to end up being able to do marketing in a not-for-profit, uh, which five years ago, uh, after a couple of other random jobs, like working for a public relations agency that uh, was doing PR for all sorts of really random things like crystal-infused skincare. Um, I finally found myself five years ago um, at Baptist World Aid uh, in, in the marketing team and working on the, the social media, which was kind of my dream job. And so then when I got there and my boss was like, so what's your goal like what's your dream job I was like oh I already have it <laughs> so kind of have to think about where to go next um, and so recently I've stepped out of the marketing team and into uh, a new team um, before you get Andy. there before you get there yeah um, where is Baptist World Aid where is Baptist World Aid we our office is at North Ride uh, in Sydney yeah. But we are everywhere. We are everywhere. I'm in from fact, Victoria. Yeah. And we have people in South Australia, WA, Queensland. Yes, Bangladesh as well. We have an office in Bangladesh. We have an office in Springfield in my second bedroom of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And, and Mitch from Victoria. Yes. This is my, my office. Yes. And um, where else are we working? Cambodia. Yes, in all, like on every continent, but uh, yeah. like Cambodia, Nepal. Uh, this is a great quiz. Yeah. Ooh. Papua New Guinea? Yes. Mm -hmm. Kenya, Uganda, Malawi. Mm -hmm. Help me out here. Yeah. More than that. Yeah. A lot more than that. Check out the website, but don't yes. do it while we're just not yet. Uh, how are you all going? You've got, got, got your device? Have you got us on, on your device? Yeah. Um, we're going to scroll down in a minute, so uh, be ready. Um, so... A couple of months ago now, a few months ago, yeah. you moved into a new role. Yes. Uh, and it's called what? Uh, Better World Advocate. 
Better World Advocate. What, what in the world is that? Yeah, so, I mean, the title certainly has some gravitas to it, um, which is uh, equal parts encouraging and terrifying. But um, if we think about what an advocate is by definition, it's someone who puts forward a case on behalf of someone else. And so when I think about what it means for me to be a Better World Advocate, that's about me saying to our fellow Christian brothers and sisters, hey, this is the world that God has intended. He intends a world uh, where justice reigns, where the poor and the marginalised and the widow and the foreigner are not left behind and pushed to the outskirts but are brought in and taken care of, where um, we're not seeking greed and individualism but we are select, uh, choosing to share mutually with each other a world where all people flourish. And so um, that's the... That's the cause that I'm hoping to, to put forward and say, hey, let's partner with God in um, working with him in, in that story. Um, so uh, on a practical level, I'm currently focused mostly on uh, engaging youth and young adults in getting involved and in prayer and in action of exploring what God might have them be a part of in the, the good work that he's doing here on earth. Um, and I think as well our... Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as an advocate, so he is our ultimate better world advocate uh, and something that was so beautifully gifted to us as believers with the coming of the Holy Spirit is a spirit of unity. And so I think that beautiful things can happen when we as believers um, come together under his name and um, advocate for, for his cause and um, God's heart is for the poor and the vulnerable. So if we can unify um, under that, then I think um, some good things can really happen. Mm. So that's the, the advocate bit. Yeah. The better world bit is yeah. quite interesting. We're yes. going to scroll down on the website and yes. you can do it on your device as well. Thank you. Um, so the, the vision statement of Baptist World Aid really unpacks what we're talking about when we talk about a better world. And that is we dream of a, bit of a world where poverty has ended and all people enjoy the fullness of life God intends. Now, there's no mention of saving souls, no mention of preaching the gospel. Do you consider that mission? Yes. I, I think that the work of Baptist World Aid is deeply missional. Um, I think we as Christians very rightly so focus on um, the Great Commission to go and make disciples. Uh, but we, we also can't forget the great commandment that Jesus gave us to love the Lord God with all your soul strength mind, heart, and to love your neighbour as yourself. And imagine what the world would look like if every single Christian took both the Great Commission and the Great Commandment really seriously with our whole lives. And, um, you know, there's references in the Bible to helping the poor over 3,000 times. Um, and once you start to see it in the Bible, in the pages of the Bible, you really can't unsee it. You're reading through, you're like, oh my gosh, this is also about God's heart for the poor. And so... It's clear that God really cares for the poor and for the marginalised. And uh, this is really evidenced in the law that God hands down to Israel, particularly in um, the year of Jubilee or the year of the Lord's favour that um, Jesus comes to declare. And um, that says that the poor, the widow, the foreigner are not to be continuously pushed to the outside but are to be brought in and looked after. And so that's an assurance that... 
uh, prolonged systems of poverty and injustice have no place in the social fabric of God's people. And so he wants his people to create a culture where um, addressing poverty and injustice is part of what we do uh, and part of what Israel was called to do so that God's character would be reflected to the rest of the world, that God's goodness would be so evident in the way that um, God's people treated others. Um, And so if God's vision for his world is that uh, his people are working to systematically alleviate poverty and injustice, then uh, it only makes sense that uh, the work that Baptist World Aid does of of doing that is deeply missional. And of course, uh, evangelising in word is also deeply missional, and we can see that from the Bible as well. And so it's great that we exist in a broader Baptist movement and ecosystem where there are um, other areas who seek to preach the gospel in word as um, Baptist World Aid and our Christian partners uh, seek to preach in deed and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, And we also work with Christian partners in communities, so building up their capacity to build relationships in their communities through which um, faith might be able to be shared. I'm going to go off script here. You're speaking okay. very eloquently about <laughs> theological concepts. Have you, what have you studied in theology? Uh, the Bible? <laughs> yeah. 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 But what have you, what formally have you done? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. But uh, I, I'm, I'm considering going to the open night <laughs> at Morley, actually. So, like, that slide was a really good reminder of, like, oh, yeah, I was thinking of doing that. Mm. Yeah. You should. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, when I started at Baptist World Aid a long, long time ago, earlier this year, um, you uh, were account- I, re- I recall you on my first day, you were accounting an interesting social media, uh, is it backlash is probably the wrong word, but response <laughs> yes. uh, to something that we posted that kind of harks back to the, this, this vision. Tell us about that. Yes, yeah. So as I mentioned before, uh, my previous role was primarily doing um, social media for Baptist World Aid. And one of the things that I was tasked with was raising brand awareness for Baptist World Aid. And one of the ways of doing that is through paid advertising on social media. Hopefully, maybe you've seen some of it. Uh, And um, so I had put together an ad that was very similar to the screen that was at the top of the page that we were looking at before, where it kind of filters through, you see a world without injustice, you see a world without poverty, you see a world without exploitation, you see a better world, so do we. And I was like, this is perfect, this is going to inspire people, they're going to want to know more, they want to get more involved. And uh, then the comments started filtering through and... It was just filled with all these people, these naysayers, saying, no, that's not possible. Jesus didn't see that. Uh, Bold of you to presume you know what God intends. And just like (laughs) so many comments of just saying, no, that's not possible. And having done social media advertising for uh, quite a few years, I'm I'm, I'm used to seeing all of the... Uh, things that people say that maybe I don't personally agree with. Um, And so I just kind of laughed it off at first. I was like, oh, these people, they're just uh, close-minded and naive and they just don't understand what we're on about. But I I, I started to think about those comments a little bit more and I started to realise that uh, 
maybe I'm kind of with them a little bit sometimes and I also can really struggle to, to believe that there is a better world um, at hand, you know, especially in weeks like this week where um, there's been so much conflict around the world and it just does often feel like the world is spiralling um, and I think it can be naive of us to just say, oh no, God's, God's making a better world. Like sometimes we actually, it's hard for us to believe that. Um, I think as well in uh, Mark chapter 9, um, Jesus comes to a home to, to heal a child and he has a conversation with the father beforehand and the father is essentially saying, if you can do something to help my child, please, please do. And Jesus is like, if I can do something? Like, yeah, I, I can do something. Uh, I can heal him. And um, the father says, I want to believe. Help me with my unbelief. And, uh, yeah, I kind of just realised that is, that is me and perhaps the people in the comments section uh, that, yeah, we need help to see where God is at work because he is at work, but um, our world is very broken and sometimes it's hard to see that. Now, the history of Baptist World Aid goes back to, is it 1958? Nine, uh, 1959. 1959. So close. Very close. Great job. Um, that's what five years is versus one year does. <laughs> um, now, it started with child sponsorship, yes. support an orphan. Yes. Um, and it's now moved into all sorts of other areas like community development and uh, disaster relief. Justice is a big part of all of that. What's justice got to do with our faith? Mm. Well, similarly in that helping the poor is mentioned a ton of times in the Bible, um, so is justice. And so the Bible is full of, full of calls to uphold God's justice. For example, uh, Micah 6.8, and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God? That's just one of so many examples of God mandating his people to uh, be conduits of his justice. Uh, and I think as well, another great example is in Luke 4 when uh, Jesus is in the temple and he unrolls the, the scroll of Isaiah and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me uh, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, as I mentioned before. This is actually the first thing that Jesus says in his public uh, earthly ministry. And so if this is a big deal to God, then as his followers, it should be a big deal to us. And following Jesus isn't just about um, modifying our own behaviour so that God will love us more. But if we are truly walking with God, if we are truly uh, loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, um, and intimately in relationship with Jesus, then what would naturally happen is that uh, we experience a transformation of our heart and of our mind towards the things that God cares about. And we know from the Bible that God cares deeply about his justice and asks us to uh, join him in that. And a really great book, if you're interested in reading more about that, uh, is Generous Justice by Tim Keller. I just finished it recently and uh, really good. I highlighted like the whole thing. Um, who's heard of the Ethical Fashion Guide? Oh, that's a good Oh, excellent. Good. Um, 
that's one of the things that we've been working on. What's, yes. what's the history? What, what started that? Yeah, so um, we've been producing the Ethical Fashion Guide for 10 years now. This year was our 10th our year anniversary. And uh, it lined up with the same time as, um, unfortunately, a factory, a garment factory in Bangladesh, uh, Rana Plaza factory collapse, if you've heard of it. Um, the factory had a lot of structural issues and there were hundreds of garment workers working in this factory and they had complained, this, this, these conditions are unsafe, um, but nothing was done about it, unfortunately. And so um, the, the building collapsed and, and there were many losses of lives and many injuries. And this um, woke up the, the Western world to what was going on in the garment industry, that there is uh, exploitation uh, and it's rife. There's people who are being severely underpaid and in buildings that are at risk of collapsing and, um, and worse. And so we started about um, the work of uh, researching what companies are doing in their supply chains. And we found that um, most companies didn't know what was going on in the factories where people were making their garments. They didn't know that, uh, like they're sitting in their head office, they don't know that people are underpaid, that they are working in unsafe conditions. Uh, and so we've been working with companies for 10 years now to help them take steps to ensure that um, their supply chains are becoming free of exploitation, of slavery, of child labour. And um, yes, we've been doing that for 10 years. So there's two sides to that. There's the ethical fashion guide that a lot of you are familiar with where you can see how brands rank and um, shop accordingly. Uh, and then, yeah, there's the other side where we work with companies to, to help them improve um, their practices. Yeah. And um, can you find that on the website? You can find that on the website. Don't it, look for it yet. It should be pretty easy from the homepage to find as well. Very good. Um, so that's just one of the, that, that was kind of one of the, the, the main justice things that we got involved in quite early. We're doing other things now, mm. like what? Yes, yeah, so um, a campaign that we're running at the moment in the advocacy and justice space is um, a campaign for Myanmar and uh, the situation there, Myanmar is a country in Southeast Asia, formerly known as Burma, and uh, the situation there is right now there are 1.9 million people displaced within the country of Myanmar, and that doesn't count the number of people who have fled from Myanmar to surrounding countries. And uh, the reason for this increase in internally displaced people it was around 390,000 a couple of years ago. Now it's 1.9 million. Um, there was a military coup in 2021 following their election in 2020. And um, as most military coups end up, they are now experiencing a, a full-blown civil war where the military junta, who is the dominant power, um, the oppressive power at the moment, is... Uh, launching a series of targeted attacks on ethnic and religious minorities, and one of those groups is Christians. Uh, so that's going on. To make matters worse, earlier this year, the country was hit with a massive destructive cyclone, uh, and then only a few months later, monsoon rains, which resulted in really destructive flooding. And unfortunately, the area that has been most affected by these natural disasters is um, an area where there's a lot of Myanmar refugees who are also a minority people group. 
um, and they're living in makeshift set a makeshift settlement, so tents or temporary shelters. And so they're a group who are already so vulnerable and have now um, experienced this natural disaster that they have no um, form of protection against. Uh, and unfortunately. The, the military junta have made it really difficult for uh, humanitarian, external humanitarian aid to be provided in this country where there's so many people in desperate need of urgent, critical humanitarian care. And so what we are calling on Australian Baptists to do is to, um, you can pop your name on a postcard, which we've got at our desk over there, or um, you can fill in like a pre-filled email and... Um, what we're asking is that that gets sent off to Penny Wong, who's the Foreign Affairs Minister, to thank her for the federal government's sanctions that they've already placed on uh, the situation in Myanmar, uh, but to ask that they would continue to take intervening steps to ensure that um, the people of Myanmar can get the urgent care and safety that they so desperately need and deserve. So this is an issue that... I think as Australian Baptists, we, we should care about. Uh, we have many brothers and sisters in the, in the Baptist movement in Australia who come from Myanmar and have come here as refugees because of the crisis that has been happening uh, in years past, but also more recently. Uh, where I'm from in Victoria, um, I think moving up to a third of Baptists come from Myanmar. Isn't that amazing? That's a lot of people. Um, so that's a significant proportion uh, of our brothers and sisters uh, within the Baptist movement here in Australia originate from Myanmar. So uh, we should, we are well placed to advocate absolutely. on their behalf uh, to the federal government here to be doing more. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And um, that's just one example of what we're, we're doing in the justice and advocacy space um, at Baptist World Aid. Uh, another thing in our child and youth programming, um, which is supported by a child sponsorship, um, we, our, our partners teach children and youth their rights and how to advocate for their rights, rights um, that we in Australia just consider everyday life and perhaps sometimes take for granted, like our right to education, our right to not get married as children, um, our right to not work as children. And so... Um, there's a, a story of a girl, Sunita, uh, and she lives in Nepal and she is in a child club and one day she came home to learn that um, her 16-year-old sister was going to be uh, sent away to get married. She wasn't going to be able to complete her schooling um, and her parents had made this decision. And um, this is just an example of one of the um, horrifics of the reality of what poverty does to people, that they are faced with impossible choices where they may have to um, send their, their daughter to be married early because it will mean more money for the family to be able to feed the rest of their children. Um, this, and poverty gives people impossible choices to make. And uh, luckily, Sunita, from her child club, knew her rights, knew that her sister had a right to complete her education to not be married. Uh, and so she went back to her child club and she let them know what was going on in her home. And for two months, her, her child club, they, they rallied together and they came to Sunita's house and they spoke to her parents consistently and gave all the reasons why Sunita's sister should not be married at 16. And uh, their collective action, their collective advocacy worked. 
Um, Sunita's parents changed their mind and Sunita's sister um, has since finished her education and now um, has her own business of sewing and selling dresses, which is generating income for her family and for herself. And so the work, the entire work of Baptist World Aid is justice. It is engaging in restorative justice, God's justice. And... Um, God's justice is about taking steps to advocate for the vulnerable and changing structures that prevent future injustice and poverty occurring. And so that's the work that our Christian partners do. Um, they teach children their rights so they can remain uh, in school and break cycles of poverty. They help those children's parents learn better income generation skills so they don't have to send their children into marriage or into child labour. And we ensure that communities are more resilient to natural disasters. So cyclones or floods or drought doesn't push uh, communities further and further into poverty. That is God's justice here on earth. Amen. Mm. We're going to talk a little bit about um, a, a new thing that we're doing now, Better World Ambassador, and we're going to scroll... Uh, to, to see the yellow bit, there it yes. is. Um, let's start by reading Revelation, if you've got a Bible, yes. Revelation 21, 1 to 5. Sienna's going to read it for us. The Revelation from Jesus Christ, 1 to 5. What am I doing? 25. No, sorry, 20, one second. 21. 21. 21. I'm at 1. 1 to 5. There we go. It's highlighted. <laughs> Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away he who has who was seated on the throne said i am making everything new then he said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true mm. so this is what we're talking about when we're talking about a better world and it's um this is a a dream or a, a vision given to john of patmos that's recorded in revelation and um I think it's, it's certainly a, a very hopeful future for the world. Um, it's not here yet, but when we consider the whole narrative of the Bible, I was talking about this this morning, the Bible starts with in Genesis with creation, uh, and then shortly after we read about the fall of creation, when sin entered the world, uh, and then we have the, the nation of Israel holding on to the promises of God. Uh, we have the Messiah in Jesus, uh, we are now in an age of mission, uh, but we are working forwards uh, into the new kingdom, which includes the new creation that, uh, that John, uh, John's vision talks about here. And the, for those of us who have studied about the kingdom of God, we know that uh, there's this paradigm of now and not yet with the kingdom of God. So it's not fully uh, going to be brought about until Jesus returns and that's when all things are going to uh, uh, be fulfilled but we also have this notion of the kingdom coming forward uh, into the here and now glimpses uh, of the kingdom to come and 
The exciting thing about being a believer in Jesus, being a Christian, is that the way that that comes into the world is through us. We are the agents of the kingdom to come. This is our role. This is our role to play in mission. Uh, we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the here and now, and that's our missional task. Now, we're asking people across the Baptist movement, this is a little microcosm of the Baptist movement right here, to explore what it means to be part of God's restoration story. So what does it mean to be an ambassador? Is it just smart fundraising? Oh, excellent question. <laughs> so, uh, Better World Ambassador, the, the concept and the idea comes from uh, what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, where he says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And Paul also says uh, in this section, which very much goes along with um, what Andy was just talking about, um, about Revelation. He says, the old has gone, the new has come. And Paul writes this to the Corinthian church at a time where there's a great amount of division within their society, which at times maybe doesn't feel so uh, unlike our society. And so what Paul is saying is that if we are a new creation, therefore because of Christ's power within us, we are to act, live and see different to the dominant culture around us. And so as Christ's ambassadors, we are to reflect God's heart um, and Christ's kingdom. And if God has a huge heart towards the poor, then um, maybe we should as well. So... Uh, you can become a better world ambassador as Christ's ambassadors uh, to go on a journey with us exploring what it might mean um, for us to live our lives in, th in the way that we live here in the, in the waiting, the now and the not yet, um, as Christ's ambassadors, as living and seeing and thinking differently to the dominant culture around us. And so you can sign up to be a part of the community um, where we will equip you and inform you on how you can be a part of what God is doing in the world. Great. Yeah. Uh, uh, you sound convincing. <laughs> okay. I think we should join the community. What do you think? Yeah, give it a go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to scroll right to the bottom of this page. Yeah, fabulous. Oh, there we go. The purple bit. What can I expect if I join this community? Yes, so as I, as I said, you can um, expect to be resourced and equipped um, to explore God's restoration story and how you can be a part of it through um, things like prayer and um, action, like um, advocacy, for example, um, and get, have an understanding of what is going on in the world um, not just the bad stuff, but also the, the good stories about what God is doing as well. And um, there's also opportunities to give financially. You don't have to, um, to, to be a part of the Better World Ambassador community, but if you do want to give financially, um, that goes to uh, helping communities create long-term solutions to poverty that set them up for life. I think you've answered all the other questions there. Why <laughs> ambassador? Do I have to partner financially? Uh, where will my money go? Yes, it goes to the Where Most Needed Fund, mm -hmm. uh, which increases our capacity to um, 
create those long-term projects in, in communities uh, and also things like when a disaster strikes, we are able to act more rapidly uh, if we've got money in our where most needed fund, but it, it means that it will go to the areas of most need, most urgent need. And um, if, you st if people still have questions, how, what, what happens there? Oh, look, there's a phone number. Yes, there's a phone number, there's an email, or you've got uh, two in-person people right here this evening who you can chat to as well. Yeah. And um, finally, uh, what is, um, what's your prayer for young Christian Australians that you get to meet in your role? Yeah, I think that um, my biggest prayer is that we, as a generation, would not be disheartened by the turmoil that, that we see in the world right now, but that we would um, fix our eyes on the, the living hope of Jesus that we were singing about before, um, and that we would be able to open our eyes and see where God is at work and, and where maybe he is calling us into um, partnering with him through through prayer and action for his world and the work that he's um, doing through us. And we're just going to scroll back up to that little part where you can fill in your details. If you would like to, we'd love, we've not done this before, this is all new, <laughs> uh, if, you'd, uh, if you'd like to fill that in on your device, uh, do it now. Uh, we're going to give you 30 seconds to do it. Um, what I can also vouch you will not be like totally spammed. There's like three welcome emails and then a monthly email where you get like um, articles, like just like four articles that you can read through just to learn more about what's um, happening around the world. So that's going to be super transparent about what you might receive if you do fill it in. And there's no financial obligation. No financial obligation and there's a big unsubscribe button button down the bottom if you hate it. <laughs> okay. But I'd love if you stuck around. <laughs> That's good. Um, thank you so much for being interviewed. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Andy. Thank you, everyone, for having me. Yeah. Um, what have we forgotten? I don't think we've Apart forgotten anything pray. other than praying. Yeah. Pray. Would Very you join important. us with us in prayer? Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that um, your creation is good. It is broken, but you are in the process of restoring it. And Father, we thank you for your promises uh, that you are indeed uh, going to be recreating this world and we get to take part in that. Father, we pray that, um, that you continue to inspire us through your love and your compassion and the stories that we hear. Lord, there's a lot to be done. And Father, we, uh, we just pray that you can give us discernment in knowing how we spend our time uh, as believers in yeah, being stewards of our lives so that we can accomplish why you have made us and put us here at this time in this place. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done for us. And thank you for the privilege it is to be able to serve you together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.